Hey guys, this is Patrick and uh, today I want to speak about the philosopher in you. The philosopher in all of us. See, that's one of the reasons this is called pop philosophy, because philosophy is, or at least it should be, popular for everyone. These questions, they matter, not, not just across the old men in ivory towers, which <laughs> is kind of what I aspire to be, but to anyone with a pulse who desires truth in their lives. We say philosophy and suddenly our brainwaves are invaded by names like Seneca and Nietzsche and all these intimidating words, you know, like, like hermeneutics, etc. But, but, you know, sometimes even a children's book can be just as deep, just as incisive and just as effective at conveying these deep wisdoms. In the next couple of segments, I'm going to talk a little about two of these books and some of the questions they raise and wh what they say about the philosopher in you. The first book is Sophie's World by Norwegian author Jostein Gardner. The second is Le Petit Prince, The Little Prince by Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. You'll never guess where he's from. Now, these two books are masterpieces. They're absolute classics and they're easy to read. They're beautifully written, they're poetic, and the worlds they, they depict are magical and rich, and they're filled with beauty and wonder. And remember that word, wonder, because they're very important concepts in both books and in philosophy generally. And you could say that those books, their central argument is that we, as adults, may have lost our ability to wonder. So more on wonder, its role in philosophy and in your life, just after the break. Hey, this is Pop Philosophy, and we're talking about the philosopher in you and children's novel Sophie's World by Jorstein Gardner. The premise is really simple. So one day this girl, Sophie, she opens her mailbox and finds a letter by a mysterious anonymous person and the letter simply asks, Who are you? This question sends young Sophie into a tailspin. It sets her off into this whole palaver of curiosity about the mysteries of the universe. And through a series of other letters, the, this anonymous figure initiates her into the study of philosophy and its main concepts. But don't be scared off because it's a really easy to understand book. It's made really digestible. But think about that question for a second. Who are you? What does that question mean? How do you define yourself in opposition to what, if anything? Are you your name, your body, your mind, both? And if you're just your mind, what does that mean? What is the mind? Where is it? Is it just neurons? What do any of these things even mean? What do they comprehend? The moment you start asking these questions, you are engaged in philosophy. You are a philosopher. Anyway, early on in the book, the philosopher, the anonymous guy, talks about how philosophy is all about asking these questions and searching for the truth, a bit like a detective story. But these questions about the world, who you are, what it is, why it exists, why is there something instead of nothing, what our purpose is, and how it all hangs together, anyone can ask these questions. Even you have. Even you. <laughs> The book says, and this is a great quote, the only thing we require to be a good philosopher is the faculty of wonder. Well, how about you? Do you still have wonder in your life? After the break, more on Sophie's world and the faculty of wonder. We're talking about the book Sophie's World and about how asking questions is really at the core of what it means to be a philosopher. 
The quote is, the only thing we require to be good philosophers is the faculty of wonder. That's a great quote, but I want to expand on it by reading from the book, so listen closely. The only thing we require to be good philosophers is the faculty of wonder. Babies have this faculty. That is not surprising. After a few short months in the womb, they slip out into a brand new reality. But as they grow up, the faculty of wonder seems to diminish. Why is this? Do you know? If a newborn baby could talk, it would probably say something about what an extraordinary world it had come into. We see how it looks around and reaches out in curiosity to everything it sees. As words are gradually acquired, the child looks up and says, Bow wow! Every time it sees a dog, it jumps up and down in its stroller, waving its arms. Bow wow! Bow wow! We who are older and wiser may feel somewhat exhausted by the child's enthusiasm. All right, all right, it's a bow wow, we say unimpressed. Please sit still. We are not enthralled. We've seen a dog before. This rapturous performance may repeat itself hundreds of times before the child learns to pass a dog without going crazy, or an elephant or a hippopotamus, but long before the child learns to talk properly, and long before it learns to think philosophically, the world will have become a habit. He continues, The world itself becomes a habit in no time at all. It seems as if in the process of growing up, we lose the ability to wonder about the world. And in doing so, we lose something central, something philosophers try to restore. For somewhere inside ourselves, something tells us that life is a huge mystery. And this is me now, because that mystery, that's what Mark and I call the great everything. And that's what philosophy, that's what living is all about to us. Sophie's world makes the point of reminding us that the world is floating in space. Think about that. We're just sitting around like, meh. I read you that passage because it's beautiful. And in a way it's tragic, but in another it's hopeful. Because we've clearly lost something. But in understanding what that something is, in recognizing it, we can take it back and start to live again with childlike wonder in our lives. And once you regain the wonder at this amazing mystery we call life, we realize that, ladies and gentlemen, we are floating in space. Now after the break, Le Petit Prince, and what that has to say about the ability to think like a child. We were talking about the faculty of wonder, how babies have it, but as they grow up, they uh, lose that ability and the world itself becomes a habit. That was from Sophie's world. I'm going to read you something. Picasso once said, all children are born artists. The problem is to remain an artist as we grow up. His words echoed those of the great poet, writer and master of many things, Baudelaire. Genius is no more than childhood recaptured at will. And also the words of the creator of Peter Pan. Genius is the power to be a boy again. True to this artistic outlook, children are frequently more curious and perceptive than adults. They're free from the received wisdom, social expectations and material worries that narrow our adult perspectives. But above all, children are free from the fear of being wrong. But as we age, educators encourage us to think along narrower lines. We care more about looking like we have answers than discovering that we're wrong. And that's as good a gateway as any into the genius of the little prince, Le Petit Prince. What I just read you is the introduction to a post by Mark that he wrote for our blog, thegreateverything.com. It's like, uh, it's about, well, this book, you must have heard of it, The Little Prince. The article's called The Little Prince and the Value of Thinking Like a Child. You should check it out. 
But what it tells us is that this intuition, this idea of the, that the faculty of wonder, that sense of what that what's around us is amazing, it's a mystery waiting to be discovered, that's something that is inside all of us. That childlike wonder is something the philosopher in you is begging you to rediscover and put out into the world. Find it, test it, and challenge it Don't, without fear. Maybe you won't find the answers you're looking for, but in philosophy, like in life, I guess it's all about the question. Next, a little more on Le Petit Prince and what it tells us about the philosopher in you. And I'm pointing my finger when I say you. I'm pointing it at my screen that I'm reading off of, because in my screen is you. Or maybe not. I don't know where you are. Maybe in, well, probably in America. We're talking about the philosopher in you, and we've discovered the book Sophie's World and how all you need to be a philosopher is a sense of wonder. Now we're talking about Le Petit Prince, the little prince, and the ability to think like a child. These are common themes throughout the two books. The protagonist of the book is a boy who travels far into the galaxy and has all these amazing encounters with fantastical creatures and plants and asks them questions about how they all work, how everything works, much like a philosopher does. This idea of a philosopher essentially being just an overgrown child with this sense of wonder. The little prince looks for these honest answers to life's questions. It's an amazing book for a number of reasons, but the main one perhaps is how it gives real-life lessons through the point of view of a child. And the common theme is that this childlike outlook, this wonder, can open up options and possibilities in our adult life that we may have ignored because of that laziness and that idea of the world becoming a habit, to use a phrase from Sophie's world. Ennui, as the French would say. Mark, what he did is he wrote an article that I mentioned in the last segment and I'll mention again on thegreateverything.com about the, the little prince and the value of thinking like a child. And what he did is he extracted the life lessons and put them out, pretty much telling us what the discoveries of the little prince were on truth, love and life. So after the break, I'll be reading those out to you and seeing what the little prince can do for you. We're discussing some of the valuable life lessons from the book the Little Prince, and the book's protagonist's discoveries on truth, love, and life. If you want the full list, go look at the article on thegreateverything.com. It's called The Little Prince and the Value of Thinking Like a Child. In the meantime, here's a couple of them. Number one, choose and prioritize your inner circle. Through his friendship with the fox and his affection for this little rose that he's looked after and cared for, the little prince discovers that new company is no substitute for deep relationships that he's invested in over a long period. He's shown what a privilege it is to really know someone intimately. Here's what he says to a little rose that isn't one that he cared for. You're beautiful, but you're empty. One couldn't die for you. Of course, an ordinary passerby would think that my rose looked just like you. But my rose, all on her own, is more important than all of you together, since she's the one I've watered, and she's the one I put under the glass. She's the one I sheltered behind a screen. She's the one for whom I killed the caterpillars. She's the one I listened to when she complained or when she boasted, or even sometimes when she said nothing at all, since she is my rose. 2. Truth is felt, not necessarily seen. This is a classic concept in philosophy ever since Parmenides and Plato and the Greeks. Perception is not reality. Appearing isn't being. Independent discovery fulfills us deeply, but is the fruit of looking beyond what's easy to see. Beauty and authenticity lie in what's hidden. This is maybe the most famous line of the book. What is essential is invisible to the eye. 3. 
Growth requires shedding your former self. As the story ends, the little prince leaves behind the empty shell of his former self. He's outgrown his past and he's progressed towards wisdom. He says we shouldn't think with nostalgia about what was, but look towards the future, towards what we each would love to become. There's nothing sad about an old shell. So that's about it for today's venture back into childhood, or maybe forward into childhood, I don't know. But I'd like to hear from you. When was the time you tapped into that sense of childlike wonder? What was it like? When was the last time you asked a big question and momentarily unleashed the philosopher in you? And when was the time you felt you could have needed it and didn't? Let me know. And if you want to know more about this, check out The Little Prince and the Value of Thinking Like a Child on our website, thegreateverything.com. Until next time, this has been a pleasure. This is Pop Philosophy on Anchor FM, and I'm Patrick, a former banking lawyer who saw the light and quit to suck my thumb and think about the universe. Take care now.